listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day all and welcome back to On the Road, episode 71. This week, Mike wanders off into left field to have a fascinating chat with motoring guru Paul Marrick to find out everything you'll need to know about electric vehicles. Later in Something to Talk About, we're joined by Craig Theo, who tells us all about a great charity event coming up in Albury next week. It's for a great cause, so check out the details if you think you might be able to make it there. We've got Ben Charles, the truckies accountant, out of his sickbed and back on deck to talk superannuation, plus our regular updates from the newsroom and great music from Colin Lilly and the Adam Eckersley Band. So, let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I've been asked a lot about electric cars and how they are on the road, what sort of crash testing they have. We all know accidents happen. Truckies are often the first on the scene of an accident on the highway. I wanted to talk about it, and who better to talk to than Paul Marrick? Now, he's the managing editor and co-founder of Car Expert, Car Advice before that. He's actually an engineer. He's got a degree in everything, I think. Project engineer with some construction companies, but now he's a full-time journalist doing what we'd all love to do, playing with those supercars and that. Paul, welcome to the show, mate. How are you going? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you make it sound a whole lot more interesting than the job actually is. <laughs> oh, well, we've all watched Clarkson and his mates tearing around on what it's not like that. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it's just early mornings, camera crews and, yes. my God, what are we going to do now? Yep, exactly right. <laughs> well, mate, let's just cut straight to the chase. I don't want to take up too much of your valuable time. I know that you're a Tesla driver. You've got one in the garage. Yeah, I have a Tesla Model 3. They are the best-selling EV in Australia, and just recently mm. they actually overtook the Toyota Camry in terms of sales. Really? So they're, they're starting to pick up here in Australia. Wow. It's not a rude question, mate. What sort of money are we looking at for one of those? <laughs> it, look, it depends which one you go for. So they started around the $60,000 mark, and they go all the way up to about 100000 Yeah. They have different sort of variants in between. Yeah. I went with the Performance, which is the fast one, because I love fast cars. Gee, that's a surprise. <laughs> that one's at around $100,000 mark. Wow. They're a nice-looking thing. They've got a nice line about them. They're aesthetically quite a pleasant car to look at, I think. 
Yeah, look, I mean, for me, I don't love the design. Like, I, I think it looks strange because they don't have a grill at the front. Yep. But I think for me, it's all about the interior. When I'm inside it, I, I love tech and, and playing around with all that stuff. When I'm inside it, I just love all the gizmos and gadgets and all that sort of stuff that it comes with. Yeah. And also that it's quick as well. Sort of every time I look at it, I'm like, yeah, okay. I think stuff like the Porsche Taycan is a much better looking car. Mm. They're significantly more expensive. And I don't think my wife would let me buy one of those. Why not, mate? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce it. <laughs> Don't you just go out and buy it and beg forgiveness? Isn't that always easier to beg forgiveness and ask permission? Yeah, I need to meet a wife that actually allows me to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, unreal. They're quiet, aren't they? Does it make a noise? I've never driven one. Does it make a noise? No, look, there's different strategies depending on the manufacturer, but Teslas are silent. Mm. In Europe, they have mandates for the vehicles making noise. Mm. So they actually integrated a speaker into the Tesla models they sell overseas. Some of the Hyundai products, for example, they, they make this weird sort of sound at low speed so that if you do approach a pedestrian, they can actually hear you coming. Right. You don't just sort of run them over. And then some cars like the Porsche Taycan have fake sounds as you accelerate, and I, I just think that stuff is really cheesy. So uh, <laughs> I just prefer no sound. There's no point pretending it's something that it's not. Yeah, it's a little bit like the Kia ad, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sound relates nothing to the actual car. <laughs> I had a uh, long chat with Les Forsyth. He's the guy that's behind the Janus Electric program up in New South Wales, and he's yep. retrofitting those electric engines into the Class 8 Prime Movers. Yes. And we suggested to him that we should get him a, a soundtrack of an E9 Mac motor running at full noise so that he can sort of play it along. <laughs> You didn't seem that interested, though. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it sounds cool in theory, but I don't know how you'd go with that. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, it'd sound good. And yeah. People think, oh, well, there you go. She's a, she's a tough truck. But anyway, there. <laughs> mate, I mean, obviously, these Teslas and all these other electric vehicles that you can get, they've all got to meet the same sort of Australian standards. They get crash tested. And there's no variation there at all, apart from the fact it's an electric vehicle. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. They have to meet the same standards in terms of crash testing as any other car on the road. The only thing that they're significantly better at than a standard internal combustion car is the rollover test. Right. So there's footage of Tesla testing the Model X, which is their bigger SUV, and also the Model Y, which is the smaller one. And they weren't able to roll the car at the speed that it sort of needs to not roll over at. They went above and beyond that as well, and it still wouldn't roll over. And that's simply because the batteries sit right at the bottom of the center of gravity, yeah. whereas a standard internal combustion car, your engine is the bulk of the weight that sits much higher, so they're easier to roll over. So that's the only place where an EV will be significantly better than an internal combustion car. Everywhere else, it should be about the same in terms of the crash standards. Right. The actual internal profile of the car is probably a little bit different to a standard car design too, isn't it? It's flatter floor and all that sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So effectively with a standard sort of internal combustion car, when I talk about that, I'm talking about a petrol or a diesel car. Mm. When you do have a car accident, you basically have a crumple zone at the front, but then the first thing you're going to hit is the engine, which is a big solid block of steel, metal, whatever the material is. That's then pushed into the cabin via the firewall. So if you have a, a crash that's strong enough, that's the first thing that moves through. With an electric car, you have a motor at the front or a motor at the rear or both, depending on whether it's front or, or rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Yep. So you have a lot more opportunity there to absorb crashes without anything intruding into the cabin. 
So in theory, they're actually a better package because you don't have to have all of those components that you would with an internal combustion car. Yeah, right. So they've got the same sort of side impact protection systems and all that sort of thing that your other standard cars got airbags and all that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yep. It has airbags. It's got the same intrusion beams on the side, crumple zones at the front and rear. Effectively, it's identical in that sense in terms of the safety equipment. So every car's got its limitations about what its safety parameters are going to be. I mean, fire is an ever-present danger in any vehicle accident. Fuel, for example, hot exhaust on grass, not something you can ever get away from. My observation, there seems to be an unreasonable amount of fear surrounding fire with these battery-powered vehicles. What do you think of that? Yeah, look, it's definitely something to be concerned about because Lithium iron, and I'm just going to explain that there's two different types of lithium iron. So you've got lithium iron, I-O-N, which is what you'll find in a lot of EVs today, including the Tesla products. And then you have lithium iron, I-R-O-N. So they're two different battery constructions. With lithium iron, so the I-O-N, when they're involved in a big enough crash to rupture the battery cell, Mm. so this is a crash that would potentially actually kill you in terms of the forces that you would need to reach the battery cell. So if you hit a tree or another vehicle, you'd likely already be dead by the time it ruptures the battery cell. But once you rupture one of those and it catches on fire, you have what's called a thermal runaway event that then basically just cascades down the rest of the battery and then ignites the rest of the cells within that battery pack. Now, the fire itself is not too dissimilar to a fire you would have in an internal combustion car if you had a crash that ruptured a fuel tank and and it caught on fire. Problem with a lithium-ion battery fire is that it's very hard to put out. Right. So they will throw literally thousands and thousands of litres of water at these and they will still be burning. And they can sometimes burn for days. Okay. There was a Tesla battery just near Geelong. They had a big battery pack for power. So it's not a car battery, but power. Mm. And that basically caught fire and burned for almost a week before they could put it out because it was just impossible to actually get to it. And there was the risk of thermal runaway to the rest of the batteries around this one. So that is a big risk. What they have done now, though, the lithium-ion, the I-R-O-N battery types, they are not susceptible to fire. So they can catch on fire just like sort of any other substance can, but they don't have that property of thermal runaway or the inability to put it out. We're starting to see those appearing in a lot of Chinese manufactured vehicles. Mm. So Tesla now manufactures a lot of cars that come to Australia in China, and they're all fitted with these lithium-ion batteries. And that means that you don't have the same risk of an excess fire that you would in a car with the lithium-ion, the ION type. Yep. So the object of the exercise, obviously, is if you're in the truck and you run over an electric car accidentally or you're at the scene of a fire and the thing started to burning, you just get everyone out of the road and stand back. That's probably the only thing you can do, isn't it, really? Absolutely. The intensity and the heat that you will get out of one of these once they actually start going up is huge. Yeah. I've seen the internal combustion car catch fire and burn to the ground. It's a process that takes 5, 10, 15 minutes even, depending on the car. Whereas with one of these battery-powered vehicles with lithium-ion batteries, we've seen videos before of people who drove a Tesla into a tree and it was caught on dash cam. They hit the tree with an incredible pace so that they were dead by the time they hit the tree, most likely. But that thing went up in flames within a fraction of it hitting the tree. And then by the time the person got out of the car to try and help, the car was well and truly engulfed in flames and you wouldn't get anywhere near it. Yeah, right. So I'm not a firefighting expert, but I think if you did see an EV on fire, you wouldn't want to go near it. The other problem as well is that depending on the EVs, they can go up to 800 volts in terms of charging. The internal current that you have in an EV is massive as well. So 
you also run the risk of electrocution. So when firefighters come to an EV or a hybrid fire, well, they need to extract someone from a crashed vehicle. They have a certain set of instructions that they need to follow to immobilise the car and certain cables they can't cut as part of that process. Yeah. So that's just something else to be careful of as well. I know it's in Victoria and I don't know if it's the same in the rest of the States, but you do have a little EV label that goes on to EVs and a hybrid label as well. If you ever see one of those on a registration and you're the first at a crash, it is worth just being very careful in terms of what you touch. And if there are any exposed wires, to perhaps just leave it for the firefighters because you don't want to then electrocute yourself trying to help someone else out. Yeah, that's right. We'll just have a quick break and we'll hear from our sponsors and we'll come back with Paul Marriott. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Paul Merrick, Managing Editor of Car Expert. Mate, if we want to move one of these cars off the road, say it's run out of power or it's been involved in a minor accident, we want to push it out of the road, they don't need to be powered up to be pushed. They've got a neutral, haven't they? You can just push them and get them out of the way. Yeah, so look, basically with these EVs, they have a big battery pack, which is what's used to drive the car, but they've also got a 12-volt battery, Mm. and that provides access to all the auxiliary systems and also features like putting it into neutral. Mm. So unless the car has a flat 12-volt battery and a flat drive battery, which is very, very unlikely, you're simply putting it into neutral, it then comes off the road. It is interesting to note, though, that if someone does run out of battery, what you can do if you can be bothered you can actually flat tow them to charge them. Oh, okay. If the car has enough energy to display a screen or something like that and to be put into drive, like an internal combustion car when it runs out of petrol that it will just not move. Mm. With a battery-powered car, generally it will move regardless of how much energy it has in the battery pack, but it will just be at a very slow speed. So if you can get the thing into drive, you can actually tow it and have it do regen braking and then it will start pumping energy back into the batteries and potentially give that person enough charge to go to a servo or or to another power point nearby. But yeah, definitely, if if it goes into neutral, you can easily just push it off the road if you need to. It is worth noting, though, that an EV is generally heavier than an internal combustion equivalent. So, for example, with the Tesla Model X, the the SUV, it's three or 400 kilos heavier than what you would find in an equivalent-sized SUV. So if you do want to push it off the road, you might need to get a couple of people to help you out. Or we'll just shunt it off the road with the K200. No problem. Yeah, all, all that. That probably won't be too much of a drama. <laughs> Mate, uh, seriously, though, though, obviously the price of an electric car is comparable to anything else that you'd want to buy in that more of a bigger family car price point. What are you paying? You're paying over 100000 for a Toyota, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, look, that's part of the issue at the moment. An EV, once you're above the 100 grand mark, is pretty similar in price. Mm. You look at something like a Land Cruiser, Sahara, they're now a $150,000 proposition. Mm. That'll get you into a nice EV. 
Obviously not one that'll go off-road, but in terms of price, they're pretty similar. Yeah. The biggest issue for your average Australian is at the lower end. So if you're an average Aussie that's buying a $40,000 SUV, you really don't have any EV options. Yeah. So they are looking at a raft of incentives that the government wants to roll out to help people buy these vehicles. But ultimately, it will end up costing the taxpayer money to get people into these cars. And we don't really have the infrastructure there just yet. So I'll be interested to see how that actually pans out over the next five or 10 years. Yeah, and now they're talking about the user pay system down in Victoria as far as the road network's concerned too, aren't they? Yeah, well, I'm in that category with our EV. I have to pay a registration fee each year. I then also have to pay a dollar amount per kilometre that I travel. I personally have no issue with that because when you pay a fuel excise, it goes into a, a pool of money that, that helps hospitals, roads, you know, you name it. It all sort of helps fund that. Mm. As cars become more efficient, we pay less fuel excise and the government has less money to spend on stuff that we need. Yeah. So I fully support paying my own way and paying per kilometre. The problem is there isn't a national system. So at the moment in Victoria, I pay per kilometre, but anywhere else in Australia, I don't. In fact, in some states, you actually get stamp duty reductions and other benefits to buy an EV, mm. whereas in Victoria, they're just after your back pocket again. So it is a little bit frustrating. And I think probably the most frustrating thing is if I decide to drive my car to Queensland, for example, I have to pay per kilometre for driving that I don't do in Victoria, yeah. which just seems completely stupid to me. Yeah. If you decided to drive the Tesla from Melbourne to Brisbane, you've got to map out your charging stations. Well, how long does it take to charge one? I mean, I've never had this conversation. Well, actually, I think truckies will relate to this best. If I said to you, how long does it take to fill your truck's fuel tank? Mm. Well, you'd say to me, am I using a sort of regular uh, diesel pump or am I using a high flow pump? Yep. It's the same with EVs. I can go and plug my car in at home and it'll take me 24 hours to charge it if the battery's completely empty. But if I go to a supercharger, which is what you'll find on the freeways, and the supercharger is the equivalent of a high-flow diesel pump at a servo, yeah. it's going to take around 20 minutes to charge the car. Wow. And 20 minutes, yeah, 20 minutes for most people is enough to basically get out, stretch your legs, hop back in, and that will give you another, depending on, again on the car, it'll give you another sort of 400-ish kilometres of range. Okay, and what, that's a swipe your credit card sort of a proposition? Yeah, depending on the supplier, some are free of charge. So if you buy one of those fancy EVs from Jaguar or Audi or something like that, they come with five years of free charging. Right. So you can charge wherever you want. But if you're anyone else, you'll be paying per kilowatt hour, which is just the amount of energy that you're consuming in the car. And it can cost anywhere, depending on which provider you're using, between 20 and $50 to fully charge the vehicle, depending on how big the battery is. Right. So just a bit of car expert advice then, mate. If you could buy any EV that you wanted to buy at the moment, which one would be the safest one, do you think? Look, in terms of safety, Tesla has the highest safety ratings out of the EVs on the market at the moment. Mm. I really don't like the way that Elon Musk, for example, behaves on the internet. But at the end of the day, they are producing some of the safest cars in the world. And the reason they're doing that is because they're able to pay big dollars to get engineers. Yeah. Everyone wants to work at Tesla, so they're getting some of the biggest names in the industry to come and build these cars and safety has always been a big priority for them. And because of that crash structure that I mentioned earlier, you can actually prioritise safety within an EV because you don't have all of those other components that get in the way of things. So at the moment, if you do want the safest, it is going to be a Tesla product. And how does the general safety of your Tesla compared to, say, any other conventionally powered car of a similar size? Are they a safer car or not, do you think? Yeah, look, it depends on what you're comparing it to. Mm. But out of the latest crash tests that they did in the States, it actually scored the highest safety score they've ever achieved for a car in a crash test. Right. And that adds on to the fact with the rollover protection. It doesn't happen all that often, but it does happen on occasion where someone will fall asleep at the wheel. 
And especially when you're in the more regional country areas around Australia, if you get your car off the edge of the road into a ditch, there is a high probability that if you're traveling at a high speed that you will roll the car. Yeah. One of the tests that they do with these Teslas is drop them off the edge of a ditch to see whether they will roll over. And because of that battery pack, they're able to stay upright. And it means that you're less likely to get into an event where the car will roll over. That tends to be where you have the biggest accidents because you can't slow the car down and you're generally hurtling towards a tree or some other fixed object that's going to rip the car in half. Fatigue is one of those things. I've had a lot of talks with Adam Gibson from NTI about fatigue accidents and why they're worse than anything else. And that's exactly right. There's no attempt to avoid an obstacle or even slow down. And that's what does the damage. Yeah, and look, that happens to the best of us. I mean, everyone gets tired, and if you're driving, it's just such a bad place to be because not only can you hurt yourself, but you can hurt others on the road as well. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of these new cars have technology that prevents you from leaving your lane and, and alerting you if you're tired, but ultimately it just takes a, a micro-sleep to really just um, <laughs> to get into a pretty serious accident. Yeah. Mate, just one last quick one. How long do these batteries last for? Do they maintain their stability over time or they just work until they don't work? What happens with that? Yeah, look, they used to be like the older phones where you would basically get to the point three years down the track with your phone where it would only work for half a day and then your battery's basically cooked. Mm. What they now do, though, is they have much smarter charging strategies. So with an EV, for example, one of the new Porsche Taycans, it has a battery that's 96 kilowatt hours in capacity but you can only use around 80 kilowatt hours of that capacity because what they tell the car is that zero is actually 10% and then full is actually 90%. Right. So you can only ever charge in that window. By charging within that window with a lithium-ion battery, you ensure that it doesn't degrade or it degrades at a much lower rate. So what we're seeing now is some of the earlier Tesla models that have a million kilometres on the clock they're still retaining around 80% of their battery life. If you do get to a stage where the battery does need to be replaced, it's a bit like a plasma TV. When they first came out, they were 15, 20 grand. But five years down the track, you could pick up a plasma for $1,000. It's going to be the same with battery technology. As it evolves, it will become much cheaper to replace a battery if you need to. Mm. And it'll be like a reconditioned engine where you can basically swap out the battery pack to ensure that you can still drive it and then still have the charge that you need. That's great. What are you doing with yourself now? Car advice and car expert and all that sort of stuff under your belt. What's the story, mate? Where are you going? What's your next big drive? <laughs> well, that's the thing. We sold Car Advice to Channel 9 about three years ago. Mm. We didn't love the direction that was heading in under Nine's ownership, so we decided to leave about two years ago and started up Car Expert. Mm. Since that started, we're now hitting a little over a million unique visitors in Australia each month. Okay. We've launched what we're calling Experience Centres, which is basically a place you can go to have a look at new cars on the market. You can test drive them, ask us advice. It's all sort of free of charge, no salesman. We just had Channel 7 make a multi-million dollar investment in our business as well, so we're about to start appearing on a lot of their assets too. Wow. Look, it is keeping us extremely busy, but uh, we love what we do. We love giving people all the advice that they need, and yeah, it is just really good fun. A funny story, Channel 9, in their wisdom, decided to shut car advice down. Yep. The final valuation of the company was $65 million, right. and they basically decided earlier this year to switch it off, and I thought, okay, that's a pretty bad investment if you ask me. <laughs> Unreal. So go to carexpert.com.au. Exactly. Now tell me, got to keep it real. We've got to ground it before you go. You've got a few other things in the garage, haven't you, mate? You've got a couple of old Commodores there, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Please don't judge me because I've got an electric car. I've got, what is it now, five, five. Commodores. So I've got <laughs> three HSVs and two SS Commodores. Yeah. I just love Australian cars. They're just sensational. 
I've also bought a Humvee from the States. So that's currently coming to Australia on a boat. Right. So a Humvee is basically a military, a former military vehicle. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. And I don't know where I'm going to put it either. So I'm going to have to have a chat with my wife about that one when it finally gets here. But that should be good fun as well. Well, you can send it a chatty to go shopping with that, mate. Should be right. Should be right. <laughs> I tell you what, no one's going to be cutting me off in it, that's for sure. <laughs> mate, it's great to talk to you again. I really do appreciate your time, Paul. Thanks for joining us on the road. We'll see you when we're looking at you, mate. Thank you, mate. Cheers. We were walking and talking and jamming and jawing. It was you and me against the world. Then you got hit by an electric car because you didn't hear it coming. G'day guys, it's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz. And you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. Formerly the vocalist and lead guitarist of award-winning Aussie band Blue Zone, Adam Eckersley now fronts his own amazing band, and will soon be joining us here on the road to talk about the sensational duo work he's doing with Brooke McClymont. Yes, that Brooke from the McClymonts, who also happens to be Adam's wife. Here's a teaser from a few years back. It's the Adam Eckersley Band with Wheels.
Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Hey, it's Blake Dandier here, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Got a letter from the IRS saying your tax return is a terrible mess. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the Truckies Tax Accounting Specialist. Soon as I get paid. Thanks, Andy and Mike. I'm Benjamin Charles of Truckies Tax Accountants here each week to help hardworking Aussie truckies wake the truck up. I've been doing so since episode 58, where I've shared lots of important tips. So be sure you've listened to all of them. I've got a lot to celebrate with you today. Firstly, Happy New Year. This is my first show of 2022. And I'm going to celebrate with $1,000 for every truckie out there listening to Australia's number one truckies podcast. Simply call 1300 511 leave your email address, and we'll send it to you. It's unconditional. You don't have to spend any money or do anything to enjoy it. Simply spend it with us at your leisure. Secondly, and a big thanks to Mike and Andy and the number one podcast in Australia for truckies on the road, the segment has been picked up by Triple M. And as of the 23rd of this month, I'll be speaking to you, 500,000 listeners, I understand, on Luke Bonner's night shift each week on 46 stations nationally. So not only will you be able to hear me, but you'll be able to speak to me. And I look forward to that tremendously. As always, Mike, Andy, and I would like to hear from you at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. And one of those topics is superannuation. We've got a lot of feedback about that. So let me tell you a little bit about that. It's complex, and therefore, I'll have to deal with each of you individually to give you this specific solution. But in general, it goes like this. Instead of paying the top tax rate of up to 49% on your earnings, you can put money aside at 15%. That is, you can make additional superannuation contributions to your superannuation and only pay 15% on a dollar you would otherwise pay up to 49% on. You can do that up to a maximum of 27,500. So if the boss puts in 20,000, you can put in an additional 7,500, and that's each year. Furthermore, because you have that gap, 
the difference between how much you're allowed to put in the maximum and how much your boss put in, you can go back a few years, four to be exact, and add up the differences and put that into your superannuation. So basically for a large amount of money, the specific amount will be decided when we have a chat directly. But for a large amount of money, you can opt to pay 15% instead of up to 49%. Of course, the downside is that money is going to be locked down in your superannuation. So you have to weigh up the benefits and the costs, i.e. benefits, a huge tax savings. The costs, I can't access that money. But what you can do, and we can help you with that too, is set up a self-managed super fund, in which case you can have that money put in under your control and you can invest it in real estate or fast cars or even coin spot, cryptocurrency and so forth. Something we can help you with as well. But certainly get good advice on that and, and make a decision. In short, why superannuation? Because it can save you up to 35% in tax. Okay, so that's superannuation. And again, the only way for me to give you specific solutions tailored to you is to have a chat with you. So be sure to give us a call anytime, one 5151 to make a booking. All right, so that's superannuation. I look forward to having a chat next week. As mentioned, we're always keen to hear your questions, requests and comments at ontheroadpodcast.com.au or call 24-7-1300-5111. Remembering the answers to the questions you ask will be useful to other Aussie truckies. As always, the information I pass along and share with Aussie truckies is as per the Australian Tax Office. You can check it on 132861 or ato.gov.au. Finally, for God's sakes, wake the truck up. It's free to listen and learn and even call us on 1300 with your questions. Until next week or your booking, I'm Benjamin Charles, Truckies Tax Accountants. Keep it safe out there. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412-105-151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day, Mike. It's been a pretty hectic week, mate. There's a lot going on out there on the road. Mate, there absolutely is an endless supply of things going on out here. Some good, some not so good, some absolute rubbish going on. We're going to get to it down the track. So what you're saying is situation normal? Situation normal, mate, yes. Yeah. Mate, just before we start, as you know, we've had a few critics who reckon the jokes I tell about my wife are a bit much and that I should try to say something positive about her. 
Yeah, no, and she's been one of them, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I've prepared the following statement to address their concerns. Okay, good. <clears throat> My bride is a wonderful woman and an outstanding wife. In fact, she always forgives me even when she's wrong. <laughs> does that cover it? I think it does, mate. I think it does. I'm surprised you haven't been stabbed in your sleep. Yeah, well, I may, I may well have without knowing. <laughs> All right, but it, look, leading off this week, a Truckies family are raising funds to support truckies that are struggling with mental health issues to honour the memory of a guy who took his own life a few months ago after battling with his own mental health issues. Yeah, look, mental health is one of those things that we care deeply about on the show and we run our little bits and I want to say just to lead off, it's unfortunate when all this sort of thing happens, and it does happen all too often. Mm. And if anyone's struggling, please ring Lifeline 131114. That's 131114. Or my number's on there. Ring me. I'd rather talk to you and listen to your problem than read your obituary. I really would. Yeah. But old mate Seacom here, he was a happy young guy. He had his beloved Kenworth 904, which he drove around. What's happened now, the family in trying to honour the young bloke and a mate of his and a fellow truckie, Mark Haynes, who's also lost his life, they've held a convoy in Coffs in November to raise money for Lifeline on the North Coast. Mm. And now they've designed a T-shirt, which you can buy to raise a bit of money, which they're going to give to Lifeline North Coast. Go to the story on the bigrigs.com.au webpage. There's a link in there. The T-shirts are made to order and they can get them to you. Just remember that Lifeline does offer all sorts of counselling. There's healthy heads in trucks and sheds. There's the men's sheds. There's Beyond Blue. There's all sorts of things. All these numbers are on our webpage. Please feel free to go and have a look. We're out in here on our own. We've got more than enough time sitting behind the wheel to chew these things over. Mm. And sometimes it does get on top of you. I know it's happened to me. You sort of wonder how you're going to get through. There's always a way. Yeah. You just need to talk to someone. That's very, very true. Now, mate, a truckie's become a YouTube sensation with his own on-the-road videos shot from the windscreen of his triple road train. He has. Runs to and fro between Adelaide and Darwin every week. I was having a look at the video on Big Rigs. That's really good stuff. Yeah, no, it's not a bad video, is it? Mm. I've got myself a drone now. I'm going to do my own little drone way impersonation. And... Mm. But old mate Moore and his mate Poldovart have been two-up partners for about four years. And having worked two up, I can tell you that it's a pretty special relationship if you can put up with each other for four years. I'll say. They leave Adelaide in their road train on a Wednesday and they head off to Port Augusta and pick up a third and go to Alice and Tennant Creek, Catherine, and they arrive in Darwin on Friday, pretty much stop in the same places all the time, and their 6,000k round trip finishes up on Sunday morning. It's a pretty special piece of country through there, and it is really an incredible thing. Mm. Go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage and have a look. It's had, how many views has it had? What was it, half a million or something from memory? Let me just sort of scroll through here. Mm. Since he shared his video on YouTube, it's had over half a million views and still counting. He can't believe it. It's just incredible. Mm. If you really want to see what it's like driving through the middle of Australia, get on to bigrigs.com.au, have a look at the video, and it is an incredible bit of vision. Well, it's an incredible bit of vision, but the soundtrack that he's chosen with it is very soothing and that it really works with it. Yeah. It's just a really peaceful travelogue between Adelaide and Darwin and back. That's great. Yeah. It's a long way. It's a good drive. Mm. Now, mate, the John Peterson Bridge spanning the Boyne River in Queensland is being replaced with the new work starting this week. 
Yeah, they're going to spend $25 million on the project. Hmm. They're going to straighten it up, realign it, raise it a little bit, make it a little bit nicer for when the floods happen, trying to create a little bit of flood immunity. And they're trying to sort out for the one in 100 year floods up there. Good luck with that because <laughs> they seem to happen a little bit more often. But as part of the upgrade, safety upgrades will be undertaken at Hawkwood and Beeren Roads intersections in addition to the new road alignment. You can see it all on the TMR webpage. Hmm. Now, we've got a few news items coming up here, mate, and I'm just going to turn your level down a little bit because I know, okay. I know you're going to get a little bit excited about these. Oh. And I should quickly add that as we did last week, Mike is out on the road. He's not with his old system, so he's got his little hamster wheel there running flat out. So quality not quite the same as you used to, but we're working on that. The important thing is we've got Mike and he's here to chat with us. So, mate, moving on, apparently MPs in the New South Wales Parliament are each being given 20 free rapid antigen tests. Meanwhile, our essential transport workers are being left to find their own. That's right. And left to pay for themselves too, mate. Yep. It's unbelievable, isn't it? One rule for one, one rule for someone else. Now, if you're in New South Wales now and you don't report a positive, you're going to get a big fine as well, 1000 bucks. Okay. I find it wildly amusing. When we first started off with all this rubbish, mm. the government paid for your quarantine, right? Yep. Then they decided, oh, that's a bit expensive. Mm. We'll make the people that go to quarantine pay for it. That sort of solved that problem. Then Queensland decided they weren't going to pay for it. Mm. And all the way along, the whole you know, mission creep, I think the word is, to sort of pass the costs on to everyone else. So now we've decided that the PCR test's no good. We're going to have the rapid antigen tests, mm. and people are going to have to pay for themselves. Except for politicians, they won't have to pay for themselves. It just does my head in the whole thing. One kit per member of staff per week will be available to everyone working in the New South Wales Parliament. Mm. And I find it really good when I've got to agree with the TWU, but I do here. Mm. <laughs> uh, mate, I can't wait for the election here. We're going to take these bucks with baseball bats, I tell you. Yeah, I reckon. And continuing with that story, just to make things worse, the shortage of available rapid antigen tests themselves is compounded by the closing of six truck-friendly PCR testing sites in New South Wales, eh? Look, it just gets better and better. Mm. This COVID thing is just the story that it just keeps on giving, doesn't it? It does. It is a never-ending cycle of continuing stupidity and bullshit. Mm. And you're up to your neck in it, and it doesn't really matter what your position is. The issue now is not the virus. Mm. We're busy navel-gazing and admiring the problem. That's what we're doing. So... Now, Nat wrote as the New South Wales government urgently rethink the imminent closure of six sites that service critical freight routes in the Pacific and the Yume, including Ballina, Maroolan, Narendra, Tarkata, Taree, and Yas. We still have to have PCR tests mm. to go into Western Australia. Mm. It's not as if you can't have them. That's if you can actually get into WA at the moment. Oh, mate, don't even start me on McGowan. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Mm. The level of bureaucratic bullshit we've had to wade through to try and do our jobs. But we're critically important now. Truck curfews, rules can be changed. Let's move on, mate. I've had a gutful of this story already. Go and find a rat test if you can get one. Pay for it yourself and then report yourself positive and slip out and get your 750 free bucks for your positive test. Ridiculous. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we can't get too far away from it because speaking of curfews, this week the Victorian government has reversed its decision to reintroduce heavy vehicle curfews with the announcement that trucks delivering essential items to retail premises will be exempt from the restrictions until at least early April. 
That's right. Mm. So now you can drive down Francis Street off the track and annoy the piss out of everyone. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do it because I don't get down there and I don't deliver groceries. It's almost tempting to make the trip, isn't it? Tempting to go and have a, have a go, but yeah. I, mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The, the other good bit that adds into this whole thing, and we're not even talking about this week, mm. is the fact that all the bloody major box charters and all the rest of it, they want all the Euro 5 and Euro 6 bloody trucks. Mm. They're the ones that use the ad blue, which you it. can't get, yeah. to go and cart the freight that's essential, right? But you can't turn the ad blue off. Mm. Who organises this sh? Mm. Mate, I could run this country better pissed. Mm. Seriously. <laughs> Just does my head in, the whole thing. Truck curfews will be reviewed in early April. Matt Road is urging the Victorian government to make the exemption permanent. Mm. If you want your groceries on your shelves, the trucks need to cart the groceries. It's as simple as that. There is no other way. Unless you go to the DC with your f***ing wheelbarrow, mm. you're not getting your milk mm. or your bread or your spaghetti or your baked beans or your bloody whatever it is, your kale or whatever it is that you want to eat in inner Melbourne. Mm. You're not even getting your vegan stuff. It all comes on a truck. People have to realise that everything in this country at one time or another, absolutely everything, spends some time on a truck. Yep. Absolutely everything. Mm. Except for babies. We don't deliver babies. The stork's got the contract there. We're not going to get that off him. No, I'm sure it's been done. Oh, we've been trying, mate. We've been trying. <laughs> Next. Well, mate, we're doing really well for a show that refused to talk about COVID, so... In Queensland, they've revamped their isolation rules for essential workers in industries. You don't make me talk about it again. <laughs> Are you trying to give me a heart issue? <laughs> it's all news, mate. We've got to share it around. So Queensland have revamped their isolation rules for essential workers in industries that supply food, fuel, energy and water. Yeah. So go to the bigrigs.com.au <laughs> webpage. Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> And read the story, right? There's a list of essential roles and rules and what employers and everything need to do. I'm really not going to try and talk objectively about this because I just can't. That's probably a good thing. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. We've been talking about following the science. Once upon a time when we first started all this, the science said that you didn't wear masks, we didn't need to wear masks and all the rest of it. Now everyone's wearing masks. Mm. The science said that you needed to isolate for 14 days, you needed to spend 14 days in quarantine. Then you need to spend 14 days in quarantine at your own expense. Then you need masks, and then you don't need masks again. And now you need to do this, and now you do that. And you're always following the science, right? Mm. Now, I appreciate that the science may change. I appreciate that when things change, when circumstances change, you need to change your position. But these bugs have had more positions on this. They've had every position in the Kama Sutra on COVID mm. at one point or another. I'll take your word for that. I haven't looked. Mate, I'm surprised these bastards haven't tied their own shoelaces in knots the amount of times they've spun around. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on from one day to the next. We've had situations where the rules have changed twice in the same day. Yep. So now we're going to scrap the isolation requirements because the food's not getting on the shelves. The populace is starting to get a little bit antsy about the whole thing. Yep. We'll just make it all go away. You can't pass it on now, apparently. Someone who is a close contact, by definition, is at the greatest risk of passing it on. Mm. And the government's effectively scrapping what they've called the last buffer left to protect workplaces. Yep. That's Michael Caine from the TWU. F*** me. I'm agreeing with Michael Caine. Again. Again. Heaven forbid. Jesus, Michael, come on the show, mate. We need to talk. We really do. We agree on more stuff than we disagree on, mate. Yeah. 
Well, in addition to being about the science, it's about necessity now too. The whole isolation thing, you know, suddenly we realise we need transport workers, so let's cut the isolation time back. Suddenly we've run out of nurses and doctors, let's cut the isolation time back for them. All the things that made perfect sense in the beginning that should have been looked at then that only just now they're starting to realise they're going to have to do. It's crazy. You're right. Amazing the way that all of a sudden now we can just walk this stuff back. Yep. And don't even start me on Djokovic. Yeah, no, don't go there. Don't go there. You know, the whole thing I've loved the most about this whole thing on TV lately, mm. the whole Djokovic thing on TV, mm. the leaking of what those two people said on Channel 7. Oh, how insane was that? Yeah. We finally get a glimpse of what they really think. Yeah. And then it turns out, after a little bit of investigation, we discover that he is, in fact, a lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. It really is delicious. That's this week. It'll be different next week. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. What do you got for me, mate? What's my tip for the week? Thought for the week, it's better to be a first-rate version of yourself than a second-rate version of someone else. This is entirely true, mate. I love that. Words of wisdom. That's a good one. Words of wisdom. I'll let you go and settle down a bit, buddy. Good to talk. I need a bex and a lie down, buddy. <laughs> you go and do it. Catch you later, mate. <laughs> See ya. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are and if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, Please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. This is Adam Gibson from NTI and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. I've got on the phone with me Craig Theo. Now, Craig is organising a brilliant event it's going to be in Albury on the 22nd of January. Craig, tell us all about it. What's the event, mate? The event name is called Coming Together for Coops. Hmm. Initially, it was a brainchild of Chris. He said something to Peter, and then Peter said something to me, and then we ended up with seven of us in it. So it's been done by a team of folks. It's a group of men that have pulled together a fundraising event for a mate of ours who had a bout of cancer, and unfortunately has had an arm amputated at the left shoulder. Hmm. So as a truck driver of 21 years, he won't be able to work in the industry anymore. Andrew's got a, a wife and three young boys. We all decided that we had to do something. So the original thought was that we'd do a truck convoy or a truck show and it ended up morphing into a, just a fundraiser event, which we're going to hold on the 22nd of January at the Kinross Hotel in Laguna, Albury, to raise much-needed funds for Andrew and his wife and the three boys. Mm. We've had the article go in big rig, covering where the event is and what it's for and Peter Fruin, our actual spokesman for the group, he's a little bit busy, understandably, at the minute, so I said I'd take this side of it on and we try and get a plug in on the on the road podcast, which we all listen to and appreciate. Thank you. You guys do a good job. So for the guys that don't pick up the newspaper and read it anymore, like us older fellas do, the young blokes are all on social media. The Facebook page is called Coming Together for Coops. See that on the Facebook page there. You can contact either... Peter Fruand or Chris McDonald, their contact details are on the Facebook page. And in the Big Rigs article, of course, there's the Facebook page is on the end of the article and Peter's phone number's there as well. Great. What are you going to have happening on the day, on the 22nd? We'll have a few trucks on display at the back paddock 
behind the Kinross, which is an open area they've given us for the days that we're running in conjunction with the Kinross Hotel in Saguna in Albury. Mm-hmm. We won't actually have a convoy or a truck show or so now. All that is a local car club. They're going to run a car show and they've charged an entry fee for the car's entry and put on some trophies that they're going to run through the day. And then on the day, we've got all bits and pieces donated by local businesses from near and far, from as far up as the Northern Territory. Yep. It's all covered in the Big Rigs article. So that's a bit of an auction, is it, mate? Yeah, there'll be an auction. There'll be some vouchers and there's all sorts of bits and pieces. A lot of it's industry-related, obviously, because we're all truck drivers. Mm. But there's some stuff there for all walks of life. It's a bit of a family day as well. We've organised some jumping castles and face painting and ice cream trucks for the kids. And so it'll be a good day out. Runs from 2pm to 10pm on the 22nd of Jan at the Kinross Hotel in Laguna, Norbury. Fantastic, mate. And I guess there'll be a chance to get a good feed and a couple of beers while you're there too. Oh, I think you might be able to find yourself a hamburger and a couple of beers. Andy, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, I'm talking to Craig Theo. Craig, thanks very much for that. As you said, Guys, get onto the Big Rigs page and have a look. It's all in there. And check out their Facebook page as well. Craig, it's a great thing you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for your time. Thanks to Mike and yourself for your time. and Great work on the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thanks very much. Good on you, mate. Keep in touch. We might have a chat with you after the event and find out what happened. Yep, that'd be great. Thanks very much. Good on you. Cheers, Craig. Cheers, mate. Ta-da. Colin Lilly is a self-proclaimed gypsy Scotsman who lives in the red heart of Australia's central desert. We'll be chatting with Colin in the coming weeks about his new single, a duet with country superstar Catherine Britt. In the meantime, here's a taste of what's to come with his most recent single, The War. Dream 
That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... I only know one joke. Andy says... All right, more on that later. <laughs> and our guest says... This is pretty cool. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Now he stands before you and sings his song.